You're listening to DraftKings Network. Welcome to another adventure on Darth Amin's Rule of Two. I am your Sith Lord, Darth Amin. I'm joined as always by my apprentice, Darth Cornpuzzle, aka Anthony Mays. We review all things Star Wars as they are released. We did a run for Obi-Wan. We did a run for Andor. We did a run for Mandalorian Season 3. Just go back in the Mystery Crate feed. You can find all of our takes and our reviews. Right now we're reviewing the Disney Plus series Ahsoka. This week it's episode seven, Dreams and Madness. This is madness. Named after what Balin called the planet of Pridia, a land of dreams and madness. Haven't seen too many dreams or madness yet. I guess they're saving that. It's one of those things like if Balin said it, I rock with it. I don't care, man. That guy's so cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. He just seems to up the ante every episode. Were you surprised that Thrawn was able to pull off the trade for Damien Lillard? I mean, <laughs> and only give up a couple of night troopers, whatever they call them, and a draft pick to be rewarded after Palpatine returns and is destroyed. Somehow. I was a little surprised that he got that done, but he is a master tactician, Maze, as we'll see later in this episode. A couple of quick things. This episode was. Directed by Gita Patel, who is known for an episode of House of the Dragon, probably best known for Meet the Patels, which was a documentary that she did with her brother, I believe, about their family. So she's done a lot of stuff, but this was obviously her first time doing Star Wars. And one little piece of trivia from the last episode, Maze, someone pointed this out, that Ezra's chain mail that he's wearing did you see this no i didn't made out of stormtrooper dog tags wow that's incredibly badass incredibly badass and also barbaric like damn man like how many of them has he killed i guess that gives you an idea of what he's been up to in the decade plus alone on peridia absolutely one of the other things also is that we talked about a little bit last week the concept of these night troopers are actually resurrected from the dead but I thought of something that makes me think, no, I don't think that's the case. Because if it were, why is Thrawn always worried about casualties? Wouldn't they just resurrect them again? Yeah, I mean, we talked about that a little bit. Also, when they die in this episode, they don't release any night sister magic or anything like that. No smoke. Yeah. So, yeah, it seems like those corpses are not reanimated. Still want to know what the hell's going on with all the cargo. I think they're night sisters. They're dead night sisters. And that's the trade, right? Is that, hey, you help me get off this planet and I help you transport all of these corpses so that you can reanimate them when you guys return to Dathomir or whatever. Okay. Because he's got the ship. Do you think these three sisters... Are the last ones alive? On this planet? Yes. I think that. Okay. In the galaxy, we know that there's Marin. But there's not 
there's not a city somewhere. No, I don't think so. They're scattered. There's Morgan. Yeah. So you're thinking he's going to give them a ride mm-hmm. and bring their night sister corpses, reanimate them and start a little colony somewhere on Dathomir. A little I fly you by action, right? See, I think that he's got a plan for it. I don't know what it is. That's a sound theory. I like that. But it seems like the night sisters are giving him the cargo and they're going to stay. Stay on Peridia. Yeah. Well, that's odd. Then why are they doing all this for him? I don't know. I don't know, man. Like Shin said in the last episode, everyone seems to be in a hurry to get off of this prop. Yeah. Well, I thought that they were leaving because there was another colony that they were already going to. Yeah. But there's definitely something that needs to drop there. There's a lot of things that need to drop. All right, let's get started with the episode. We start, Hera's called into the principal's office. Oh, my God. We got a tribunal, (sighs) a Senate hearing, and Senator Shiono, who we know from earlier, he is the father of the main character from Star Wars Resistance, the animated cartoon that happens as a prequel to the sequel trilogy. But Senator Shiono is on Hera's ass. Big time. And Hera is sassy as ever. And again... I must point out, I don't like this sassy Hera. I like cool Hera. I like the wisest person in the room Hera. I don't like sassy, insolent teenager Hera. And I kind of felt a kinship with Mon Mothma because as Hera's being sassy, Mon Mothma's like, come on, man. I'm trying. I'm trying to make sure they don't like roast your ass, but you're making it really hard, right? Shiono says, I read the report. It reads like a fairy tale. Jedi. False Jedi. Star map, star whales, and I'm like, Mace, he's kind of got a point. But it's all true. It's all true. But much like in the first episode where they said, isn't this all about Ezra? It's like, he's still alive. I'm like, you're not doing your argument any favors. Sure. All of your behavior comes off as incredibly unhinged. Also, Shiono is ridiculous. He's cross-examining her like Tom Cruise and a few good men. This is extreme from him. It is. It's extreme to the point that one of my twins said, I think he's an Imperial. Yeah, that's how good of a job he's doing. I mean... It's the unfortunate problem that we know how this plays out. There has to be a character driving this agenda and it's going to be him. And I don't feel like we understand his motivations. Right. We just know what the end goal is supposed to be. Remember again, and this is why I loved Andor so much, because Andor to me most accurately depicted what most of the galaxy felt like under the Empire. Nobody knows anything about Jedi or whatever, like... At this point in time, they're almost like a fairy tale. There's something that happened a long time ago. If you weren't one of the people who got to experience them at their height, which Shiono probably wasn't. Shiono was probably a child when the Clone Wars happened. And when the Galactic Civil War happened, he was old enough to fight, but he didn't, as we know, because Hera called his ass out on it. For most people who are under the age of, say, 50, Jedi are just some shit people talk about, but you've never seen. And indeed... In the sequel trilogy, when Rey asks about Luke Skywalker is real, nobody knows about the Emperor was like a Sith Lord. They just thought he was an asshole who's consumed with power. So there's a lot of this stuff that I like in Star Wars where they remind everybody we're privy to seeing all of this action. But the reality is most of the galaxy, their day to day does not involve wizards and light swords. But he's a high level senator. He's read the classified reports. This is like a senator saying that UFOs don't exist. 
Good point. Counterpoint. What does Shiono know? Shiono knows because he knows who Leia is, as we'll see in a little bit. And Leia's brother helped destroy the thing. And Leia's brother fought against Vader and Palpatine. And pretty much that's it. There are no more Jedi. Except, oh, Ahsoka Tan. All right. Other than Ahsoka, all right. Oh, uh, other than Ezra Bridger, whom everyone assumes to be dead. All right. And Kanan Jarrus, who is dead. Oh, so now there's a couple more Jedi who aren't quite Jedi. I can see how this shit kind of smells like horse hockey. So Hera was dressed differently and she had a different headgear on. So you could actually see her ears. No goggles. Yeah. I was not expecting her ears to look like that. It threw me off. She talks about the Imperial Remnant and Thrawn is unifying the Imperial Remnant. And he says, Imperial Remnant is such a sensational term, which I kind of get it, even though he's right. Now, a lot of people pointed out, Maze, is the very symbiotic action going on between this scene and then going back to Andor, old girl at the ISB, trying to tell them, guys, these are coordinated attacks. And the ISB saying, no, it's not. It's just a bunch of assholes blowing shit up and robbing us, right? The New Republic learned nothing from their own experiences being the underdog. Because now they are the ruling power and they're looking at the underdogs and say, ah, oh, it's just a bunch of isolated assholes, isolated warlords. That's what Karsativa steps up and says, what about the Mandalore incident? And Chiono says, no, it was, it was isolated. Yep. That's not a thing. So, like you said, he's a mirror image of the bureaucracy that plagued the Empire. And at least we get a clarification of the timeline. We know for sure that Moff Gideon's insurrection has been discovered and they believe handled harris says i don't know what frustrates me more the possibility of what might happen or your unwillingness to see it and then shiono drops kind of a game ending bar here nope. i see a general who abuses her authority for personal gain and i said is he lying though like i get it. he might be an imperial working on the inside or whatever but he ain't lying when he says that that's exactly what she is it's not personal gain. It is. She wants to go find a friend. Thrawn might be a convenient side mission there, but this is about saving Ezra for her. So Shiono says, let's court-martial her ass. And just then, is that... Wait, is that C-3PO's music? Sure is. Angrily getting hassled by a bouncer, C-3PO. Asking him for his ID, like it's Costco. I do not need to show you identification. Waddles his ass in there and he says he's on behalf of Leia and says, Leia sent Hera there. And I said, oh, this is kind of bullshit, huh? Shiono kind of says the same thing. He says, we're going to just take the word from a mere droid and Chopper loses his shit. Yeah. You say, homie, and I like Carson Tiva had to be like, hey, chill, homie. Hold me back. This was a nice workaround to keep Leia off the show. Leia, as head of the Defense Council, does have a strong argument that if you guys are going to have any discussions about this, that's come by me first. She actually calls out Shiono by basically saying he broke protocol. He broke rank. He's got to go through her first if he wants to talk about it. But also, Mon Mothma's like, this shit ain't cool, man. Y'all pulling this this whole thing. Also, really quick, I get it. Carrie Fisher is not with us. But I would kind of want, does he have the possibility of playing a hologram? Because he holds up the disc in his hand, but then just talks about it. He never actually shows us. It's just a hall pass. I mean, that's all it is. It's a forged alibi. I mean, I think a hologram of Leia at this point is too expensive and too vulnerable to being critiqued. I guess. I'd prefer to not see CGI Leia really at any point. It does make this whole time period 
problematic to be operating in because you got Luke and Leia and you can't really use either of them. We've already pretty much used up the Luke goodwill and budget. So they've got to stand on the sidelines, even though they should be involved. I just feel like with a hologram, especially if you make it small enough, you can get away with it. It's kind of like the Ezra Bridger hologram. Is that the same actor? I don't know. It was so small and grainy. But if it's a small hologram, why even do it? You know, it just feels a little bit more genuine than like, oh, oh, she just left. All of these things feel very forced. Yeah. Well, this whole storyline is kind of forced. Yeah, I suppose. Here's your get out of jail free card. Sorry, I didn't get here earlier. You know, post office. Mothma asks, how real is the threat of Thrawn's return? And Hera says, we have to prepare for the worst. And hope for the best. And I thought that was a very generic line, but thank you. Anyway, cut to Ahsoka training as the Purgles still travel. And she's playing an old hologram of Anakin. You could tell it's old because he's got the short haircut and he's wearing the armor that he wore towards the beginning of the Clone Wars. And he says, as your master, it is my responsibility to prepare you. So practice these forms often or... At least more than I do, which I thought was a nice nod to the fact that Anakin is very much a maverick, a fly by the seat of his pants. He doesn't practice. He's the goddamn chosen one, people. Yeah. That's how that shit works. While she's training, he tells her that this training will help you if you have to face people like General Grievous or Count Dooku or Asajj Ventress. Now, for the people who did not watch any of the animated shows, Asajj Ventress is also a night sister. She was a night sister of Dathomir who was recruited by Count Dooku to be his apprentice. She was trained in the Sith arts. To Palpatine, she's a Sith assassin, which is when the apprentice has someone do their biddings, go around killing people and all that shit. Side Ventress was then rejected by Palpatine after she failed some mission, and she became an actual assassin slash bounty hunter, lived a very full life. Now, Fun fact, Maze, did you know that the scar on Anakin Skywalker's face was given to him by Asajj Ventress? Now I do. Thank you for that information. That was where that came from. Somewhere in between the Clone Wars and Revenge of the Sith. A lot of people are probably going to search for it. There's no video that exists. As legend goes, George Lucas, when they came back for episode three, he said, I'll just have Anakin have a scar. <laughs> and they were like, why? Or like, what happens? Like, I don't know. Just something to show the passage of time. And from that scar, the idea for the Clone Wars TV show was born. Yeah, there you go. With Asajj Ventress being the one to deliver it. That was a nice little Easter egg for those of us who are lovers of the Clone Wars. The hologram has also been seen in uh, Rebel Season 2 episode, Shroud of Darkness. Uh-huh. Ezra comes in and sees Ahsoka watching another hologram training video and admires Anakin's moves. Yep. All the forms of lightsaber battle. That's what Ezra sees, and he begins to watch some of the old game tape of Larry Bird and his footwork and all that shit. So. Oh, yeah. You got to study the greats. It's like Cam Johnson talking about J.J. Reddick's jumper. Ahsoka gets walked in on by Hu Yang. She tells him he made 20 more of these recordings, and this was the last one he made. Hu Yang says that's very thoughtful of him, and she says he was a good master. And then she goes and she starts to put her shit away, and in the closet we see probe droids. We see that blast shield mask that she used to train. We see the wooden... Boken lightsabers? Yeah, Boken lightsabers. So it's a little training dojo. Hu Yang lets her know that we're reaching the end of the journey. How does he know? Because the speed of the star whales is decreasing. And then Hu Yang 
has his moment of good point as she says, hey, we got to get out of here. We got to find Sabine. And he's like, how do you know we even landed in the right galaxy? We have no idea we're in the right system or the right planet or anything. This could just be a bathroom break for the Pergo. You don't know. Pretty much. Or they could have just gone somewhere else. They could have gone to Costco. Yeah. Ahsoka, as always, the force. Oh, I kind of feel it. Whatever. Da, da, da. And she says, all we got to do is find the enemy and we'll find Sabine. So they exit hyperspace and Liang is searching for some information. And all he's doing is picking up interference. Are they being jammed? What's happening? There's like some turbulence and shit. Ahsoka says we should exit the space whale and the door opens up. They get out. There's a shit ton of landmines or space mines or whatever the hell kind of mines these are mm-hmm. everywhere. As they're flying, these mines are trying to detonate and some of them are tracking. So they sync up and then follow the moving objects. Most of them are whales. And Mace, I must admit that when Thrawn said destroy any space whales with prejudice, I feel like whoever he told that to kind of half-assed the mission, the assignment. Yeah. I mean, with the turbo lasers on the Eye of Scion done a better job against the Pergo, you think? Yeah, just start lighting them up. This felt more like a motion detector. Yeah, and I guess they figured it out because they deployed fighters later, but none of the Pergo even blew up, man. That wasn't enough prejudice for you is what you're saying. Absolutely not. The Pergo are all fine. They also dip out. They're over this. But I wondered, were they coming here to die? Or do they sometimes go... Anyways. No, it's like Uber. Oh, you think Ahsoka requested this? Yes. No, I thought she hitched a ride. I thought they already were going there. But I just wonder, do they go back and forth to Peridia? Because the graveyard in space made it seem like when the time was up, they decided to go back. I understood it the same way. But then again, consider our source. It's a guy who a couple episodes said it was a fairy tale. And now all of a sudden... You out here with all the facts, all the Wikipedia, huh? Yeah, that's true. We might need a second source for this. Or does something in Peridia eat the Pergo and spit out its bones when it's done? Spit out pretty far, first of all. Second of all, hell of a reveal for episode eight, the last episode. So Yang says at least the whales are providing some cover. We get the classic 80s sitcom, you had to say something from Ahsoka. Yeah, these two were really running a nice buddy cop back and forth who yang and ahsoka as the fighters are dispatched from the eye of scion they give chase Ah ahsoka takes refuge in the rings around peridia which of course again are made out of purgle bones and maze everyone mentioned this this is basically empire strikes back the asteroid field right complete with talking about the odds and You're going to get pulverized and all that shit. Nice homage here. It also happened in Attack of the Clones. Donald T. Thrawn walks in. (laughs) He's just put on some weight. That's what we're going with? He's put on some weight. Let's be honest. Wow. He wasn't hitting the gym in Peridia. He's built like Derrick Henry. What do you mean? Hologram of Enoch briefs him on what's happening. We get some recap position there. And then Morgan Elsbeth walks in and we get some recaps position from her from the inquisitorial database about who Ahsoka Tano is. And he looks at it and he says, with, for him, wild shock and amazement, Mm. her master was General Anakin Skywalker. The way he does the slow turn of like, bitch, you ain't tell me. (laughs) It was ass off again by old Lars Mickelson. He says, do not pursue her, just call it off. Morgan says, well, without pursuit, we shall lose them in the debris field. And 
Thrawn says, you're quite right. Of course, the Jedi are very good at hiding. They've been practicing it for years. And I'm like, this motherfucker talks shit, don't he? Yeah, he's very smug this entire episode. And to be revealed in the finale, I mean, I think we're pretty in lockstep that he's going to maybe not win this round by knockout, but he'll definitely make the trip back to the galaxy. But he's setting everybody up here. He's playing the pieces perfectly, and he's very calm and smug about it. He's definitely playing chess where everyone else is playing checkers. But there is a level of extreme conceit in what he's doing, arrogance even. He says, we're getting to know our adversary. If she's anything like her master, she'll be unpredictable and quite dangerous. And I thought that was a nice thing because as we mentioned last week, Thrawn both knows Anakin Skywalker and he knows Darth Vader and he put two and two together and figured out that Anakin became Darth Vader. Yeah, and they're definitely going to talk about that when they come face to face, whenever that is. You think he's going to bring it up to her? If he gets the chance to. It's not like Thrawn can fight Ahsoka, so I don't know what their face to face will be like, but he's going to use that piece of ammunition at the exact right time to throw her off her newfound forged path of calm and acceptance ahsoka meanwhile turns off all the engines and shuts off the lights and kills their power signature in order to hide from an enemy that's no longer searching for them hu yang brings up the point how did they know and i thought she was gonna sense through the force that the night sisters are working overtime over here instead she blames thrawn for everything thrawn was behind this which he is, but kind of because of the Night Sisters, not because they knew she was coming. Do the Night Sisters and Force users, is their manipulation of the Force like talking on a different radio frequency so they can't pick up each other's signals? They can feel when someone's connected to the Force. When someone's logged on, they can get your ISP? Yes, that's how it works. But are the Night Sisters using a VPN? And that's why Ahsoka can't really sense anything that they're doing. I thought she was sloppy. She was being sloppy this whole episode. Friends, a lot has changed over the years, personally and across our airwaves. But one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. You know, for me personally, I recently bought a few six-packs of Miller Lite for my housewarming party because that's one thing that's changed for me. I moved into a new house, and I brought some friends over, and we enjoyed the best light beer because Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. Less filling and only 96 calories. The original light beer since 1975. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash crate. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Oh my gosh. Folks, gather around. Everyone gather around. Listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers, listen to me. You bet just five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. We're back on the surface of Pridia. On the road again. Or should I say Monument Valley. Oh, man. As they traverse the American Southwest. And we get a little recaps position for old Ezra Bidger on everything that's happened. It's even better. I mean, it's a recap of the recap. All right. So you told me that this happened. And you told me that the Empire fell. Empire was defeated. Yep. The Battle of Endor. And the Emperor died. That's what they say. And I'm like, ah, you sons of bitches. Somehow. And there's a new Republic and Zeb is training recruits and Hera is commanding a fleet. And do you remember when we went to the sock hop? I had the biggest boner. Oh man, reminiscent. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of that vibes coming. And then she says, Ahsoka took me out as an apprentice. And he says, she what? She did? Why? Yo, it's perfect. It was perfect. <laughs> I love this as a running theme that everyone shits on Sabine. Yeah, they've all seen the game film. I mean, they they know she doesn't have a left hand or a jump shot. That's also when we get for the second time that Sabine has said, and I sent you a picture of this. Yeah. It's been a while. It's been a while. You've been gone a while, Ezra. A lot of plays of the song by Stained since you've been gone. That's a Kelly Clarkson song, though. Cinephone staple. It's been a while. No matter. Eh, we're just going to keep riding across the plains. Meanwhile, Balin and Shin ride up onto the, was that a cliff? The ridge. With the other locals. Who were working with them despite no exposition. No. Because like Balin said last episode, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Sure. I'm sure they found a way to speak the same language. Light sisters come in, talk to Thrawn. He tells him, find Ahsoka for me. This was pretty cool. They literally triangulate her location with their little magical mechanical orbs. Back to Ahsoka and Hu Yang can't find Sabine due to the interference. Ahsoka says, maybe I can in another way. And Hu Yang says, and this is what I feel like when people are trying to be polite, when they want to ask something that kind of shits on the person. Like, are you sure your bond is strong enough? <laughs> like, oh, man. He's basically saying, like, yo, how are you going to reach out to her through the Force when, as we've pointed out, she's the least Force-sensitive Jedi Padawan in the history of the Order. So she does the Force time thing, as we like to call it. I saw something that compared it to when Luke reached out to Leia at Cloud City, but I thought of it as a one-way Force time voicemail. Like, Sabine doesn't have the skills to talk back. Yeah. To do what Ray and 
Kylo did in the new trilogy. Yeah, well, Ray and Kylo are doing some next level. They were patenting each other's shit, man. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It evolves. That's the iPhone 15. <laughs> Titanium. <laughs> but yes, you're right. In Empire Strikes Back, Luke calls out to Leia when he's in pain. And then later on, Vader calls out to Luke after at the end of the movie when he's out of the back to tank and he's getting his new hand. This happens, in other words. This is all canon. But Sabine doesn't totally know what it means. Because she also thinks Ahsoka's dead at this time. Right. She thinks Ahsoka's dead. But the other thing also is, and maybe this is testament to how weak her connection to the Force is, when other people do this, they literally hear the voice. Yeah. Leia heard Luke's voice, and Vader and Luke are damn near conversing. For Sabine, it's just a feeling. And she describes it as a feeling of familiar, which reminded me of what they do in the shadows. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what she is yeah my familia in relation to a jedi you know guillermo <laughs> also like that ezra's just blabbing away oh yeah <laughs> and his voice kind of fades out there mm -hmm. but as a result the night sisters are the feds maze interesting yeah and they're picking up the call i guess it was kind of cut together in the sense that her sending that force message was the sign that attracted it. Put a blip out there, right? You connect it to the force, and that's how the Night Sisters use their magic. They're connected to the force, so they're looking for you. It's the same reason why an Inquisitor could show up to Tatooine at Mos Espa and not find Obi-Wan, because he had disconnected himself from the force. Yeah, he's off the grid. Same reason as Luke Skywalker being on Octo, he's disconnected from the force, so... You can do this. You can kind of be undercover. Even Ahsoka, remember, in Tales of the Jedi, when the Inquisitor comes, he comes because someone dropped a dime, not because they felt her presence. Now, if she was using the Force and doing all kinds of Force shit, that shit registers, and that shit brings attention. So they give the coordinates. They smoke Ahsoka out, flying through the debris field, and they're trying to kill her, et cetera, et cetera. Thrawn's so goddamn proud of himself here. So Thrawn says, we flushed out Ahsoka, and now she's going to pursue Sabine, and so we'll know. Who I already sent away. <laughs> this ah. gives us time to... <laughs> is that his happy, <laughs> his happy sounds? That's his internal monologue. He would never say that out loud. Meanwhile, we cut to the naughty caravan. They stop. They see two figures on the ridge. It's Shin, Ezra, and Sabine do the 80s. Friends of yours? No. <laughs> Balin tells Shin to contact Thrawn, kill Ezra and Sabine, take your place in the coming empire, and me and Shin had the same reaction. This was a wild move. Nigga, you ain't helping? Like, what are you doing while I'm doing all this shit? Calling people and killing people and everything. Yeah, it's not a layup. It's twice as many people as I fought last time. Where are you going, by the way? So, Maze, this is the part that on first watch I didn't get. And then on second watch, I realized, holy shit, he's washing his hands of this at this point. No, he is here for one reason and one reason only. Do we know what that reason is? Still not yet. It's my biggest burning question of the series right now, especially because there's the unfortunate reality that Ray Stevenson is no longer with us. Yeah. So this has to wrap up in next episode. Or it doesn't. Or we can just get Shin running in the conference rooms and letting us know. <laughs> hey, Balin just said. Balin wrote me a text. Here it is. Watch me read it to you guys. I mean, okay. Let me throw something at you real quick. If this situation is not fully 
resolved next episode, which seems unlikely. Right. Would you be open to a full recasting of Balin? Yes. I don't want the story to end because a great actor passed away. I'd rather take a shittier version of this and continue the story rather than write it off like, oh, actually he dies. Yeah, me too. I hope that he is not killed because of off camera reasons in the next episode. Right. But Maze, I do want to point out that one of the theories that we kicked around, a lot of people kicked around, is that the thing he's seeking is the world between worlds, Mm -hmm. which up until this point led me to believe, okay, he wants Ezra because he wants Ezra to help him get into it or access it. But then he tells her to go kill Ezra. So that tells me, I don't think it's that or it's Ezra's got nothing to do with it. And there is some access point here on Peridia. But then again, if there is an access point on Peridia, why didn't Ezra use it? So that part of it is a little bit in question. I mean, there's also the line from the teaser trailer where Ahsoka said something's coming, something dark. Yeah. And that has yet to be said. What was said is Balin says your ambition drives you. In one direction, my path lies in another. Cryptic as hell. Also, it's very similar to what Obi-Wan said to Luke in A New Hope. On the Death Star. Your destiny lies along a different path than mine. Obi-Wan noted terrible master, by the way. (laughs) Terrible mentor. (laughs) That's not where I thought you would take Always. That's always where it goes. Of course, yes. He's a bad teacher with his cryptic riddles as his last words cryptic riddles that are wrong then the empire has already won he wasn't wrong there what are we supposed to do his destiny did lie along a different path also do you think shin wants to be a imperial stooge no is that what she's been showing off this whole time i thought she'd been a good student thought she was a good padawan she got the little braid and everything yeah man if this is his daughter as has been speculated many times this is up. wild Wild, wild, wild. <laughs> you dropping your kids off at college, you kick them out of the car, and you throw their suitcase after them, and you speed off. Done. Done, yeah. I got an empty nest now. <laughs> My path lies in another. Enoch, also by a hologram again. I don't know where he is, because he's not fighting, and he's not here with Thrawn. Is he on the ISION? I don't know where he is. I really like the way his hologram showed up and disappeared. That was very cool. With the, the smoke, they did that, I want to say, episode two, when they were talking to Morgan on the Eye of Scion, mm-hmm. which first led us to believe is this Night Sister magic. Thrawn says, dispatch the gunships. These are the low-altitude assault transports, Maze, a.k.a. the... L-A-A-T's. Yeah, the way that that door shut made me think that that ship was incredibly old. Is that still Clone Wars tech? I believe it is because the Imperial ones are a little sleeker. (laughs) It took a full seven seconds to shut that door. Yeah, all that was left (laughs) was someone helping push it along. It's like a sliding door in an old minivan. Here come the natives, and this is straight out of the Old West. It reminded me of Back to the Future. Back to the Future 3, Marty shows up in 1885 in the middle of the cavalry chasing the natives across the landscape. I had a great note sent to me on Twitter where somebody asked, why did these Noti trailers move faster than the Power Rangers speeders in Moss Espa? Fair question. 
for a question, especially considering that they're using actual slingshots. That was embarrassing. <laughs> Not laser slingshots no. like what Ezra had in the Rebels series. No, actual slingshots like Dennis the Menace and goddamn Calvin and Hobbes. The Noti can only play defense. Well, they can't even do that because as Sabine points out, she says, that's charming. Do they have any real weapons? And they do not. Ezra says, they're peaceful people. She says, peaceful, fine. You didn't mention defenseless, which is exactly what they are. Even the rocks that they throw don't seem to have much of an impact other than briefly distracting them. Their only defense is to fold up their trailers. Circle the wagons. Kind of like their shells on their backs. And yes, no one circles the wagons like the Nodi Bills. So they circle the wagons. They shut their shells. And from inside this, we see the view for Ezra and Sabine, and they see Shin Hati show up. She says to him, she's like you, but lacks your sense of humor. And he says, lightsaber? And she says, yes. And that's when I said, speaking of which, Sabine, you want to hand them his goddamn lightsaber anytime soon? Turns out that he doesn't want it. Yep. You take it. I'm good. The Force is my ally. Just like Yoda said. Just like Yoda said. But also Yoda was like 100 years old. Meanwhile, Ahsoka and Hu Yang are trying to orchestrate a maneuver. She says, all right, let's do this. He says, not this again. Remember what happened last time? She said, you got the timing wrong. And didn't I feel terrible? No. And I said, banter. But also, I cannot explain how much time I wasted, Maze, looking for an episode of Clone Wars. Where they did this? Yeah. Come on, guys. Don't do that. They sent you down a, a rabbit hole there because it's a pretty... Standard, straightforward. I don't know how they messed the timing up the last time, but he turns the stairs into a ramp. That's the only timing thing, and she slides off it. Yep. Well, they're flying low to the ground. And guess who's nearby? Waiting. Balin. And he says, well, now, this is a surprise. And I said, oh, he's acting his ass off. Yeah, Balin is at his peak talking shit to Ahsoka before they fight. She says, disappointed. He says, no, although I can't allow you to interfere. She says, I don't have time for this. To which he replies as he ignites his lightsaber. I know. And I was like, oh, God, what a scene. And then he says, nice white poncho. And she says, I made it myself on a loom in the world between worlds. And he says, oh, it does exist. <laughs> I want to give you some directions. It's like, yes, it starts with me killing you. Ah! <laughs> he doesn't seem very thrown off that the person he murdered is... Alive and well. He doesn't like, ah, force ghost or whatever. He's like, all right, so she's here. Let's do this. Witchcraft. <laughs> Shin attacks Ezra. He ducks, but she cuts off a snippet of his hair. And he says, that was a close call or some shit like that. Right? Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Yeah. Nobody. Gunships arrive. She tells him to take her now. Meanwhile, Ahsoka and Balin are about to do the damn thing. He says to her, you can't defeat me. She says, luckily for me, I don't have to. And as this fight happens, it is a pretty cool fight. Hu Yang does a drive-by and yeah. bombs the area. Provides the opportunity for her to disappear in a cloud of smoke and steal his howler. Back to Ezra and Sabine. They're surrounded by night troopers. Shin gives the order to execute them. And Ezra says, wait, 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 wait. We can talk. Or... Take us as prisoners. Yeah, prisoners. And I kind of liked it because that's Ezra's character in Rebels, even though he was more of a child or a teenager. But he was Mr. I'm going to half-ass talk shit 
that get out of this. Well, he does seem to have a little bit of arrested development. I mean, living by yourself for over a decade with a bunch of hermit snails. No, Maze, as you say that, you remind me of the episode of Rick and Morty where Rick had created a fantasy land for Beth when she was a kid to go in there and just murder animals. Oh, yeah. And then her friend snuck in behind her and got trapped in there. <laughs> and so then they come back, obviously, like 20 years later. And all he does is like have sex with the animals <laughs> and then eat them. And I was wondering, do you think the same thing is happening for old Ezra Bridger here? Oh, man. I mean... Does he get naughty with the naughties, you think? Do the naughty have any sort of moonshine situation? If they have some sort of mind-altering substance, I'm sure Ezra has at least considered it. Yeah, that was a nice gross off-ramp we took there yeah well you swerve towards the exit as you are prone to do but it's okay yeah i am but yeah going back to ezra if you haven't watched rebels this is what his character is it's a running gambit in the show is that when he gets caught and people ask what his name is he gives the name of other star wars characters so at one point he says job of the hut it's a big galaxy sometimes people just don't recognize names that they take up for his word so that's pretty funny that like you said even though he's grown up, he's still the kid that got stranded here. So he's kind of doing some of the same dumbass tricks or whatever. He's just got a sweet beard now. Ahsoka shows up at that moment. I'm sliding in like Tom Cruise in Risky Business. And she's got a doofy look on her face. <laughs> but also I realized that that's kind of Ahsoka's look in Clone Wars, right? When she's showing up to fight and feeling herself, she's got a doofy look on her face always. So I was like, ah, I guess it's accurate. Thrawn is watching all this shit from his goddamn chessboard, and he says, what a rare sight. Almost like the Jedi of old. And I said, oh, come on, man. But he notices they're short. One mercenary. Where the hell is Balin's skull? Where is my queen on my chessboard? <laughs> this is odd. Maze, how did you feel about Ezra's fighting style? Uh a bunch of force pushes. He had too much plot armor on. I wasn't super thrilled about it, if I'm going to be honest. I kind of feel like if you're going to have him fight like that, you got to do it like Vader in Obi-Wan. People rushing at you, they don't even get close. You just stop them, raise them, clank them against each other. Yeah, it felt like he's not that powerful mm -hmm. or they didn't want to go all out with the effects. It's almost like he's shoving them with his actual hands. It's a lot of miming things. Thrawn says, recall the gunships, call off the aerial pursuit. Morgan again is flabbergasted by this what? news. What? He says, these are unfortunate but acceptable losses given the absence of Lord Balin. In the grand scheme of things, one might even call our first match with Tano a success. Absolutely not, my man. You can moral victory this all you want. You could spin this to the press. You lost, okay? You sound like Morgan Elsbeth. Saying, I see our enemies have reunited. And he says, let me tell you what I see, bitch. Like Shiono at the beginning of the episode. Like Shiono at the beginning of the movie. Oh, my God. Right? Like the idea of like, oh, you see this? Let me tell you what I see. I see that time is on our side. I see that the enemy has been distracted from the cargo transfer, which is like 99% complete. What I see, I mean, is a coach who doesn't go for it on fourth down and says, you know what? We'll punt it back to Patrick Mahomes with a minute and a half left. We'll pin him. We'll stop him. Our defense will get the stop. I trust our defense. So the stormtroopers retreat. They chase them off. Shin's look. 
when they all start running away. So good, man. It's a very ass off. Where the hell are you guys going? Look, which sucks for her, man, because not only did Balin screw over now, yeah. the people that Balin said, go work for these guys. Yeah. <laughs> these guys, are, by the way, their mission is to kill them. Uh huh. He doesn't know that, obviously, but you kind of screwed her over. Ahsoka tries to pull a Palpatine here. Yeah. Come join us. Or I guess like a Vader. Or I guess like a Balin. I guess there's a lot of people in Star Wars who try to, you know, what do they call dirty recruiting? Yeah. In college football. Grass is greener over here, baby. Yeah. Come on over here. Come on. Come on with it. Come on over to the winning team. Yeah. You know you want to. You know you want this. And Shin gets on her trusty steed and rides off. There was that moment where Shin tossed Ezra yes. into the trailer. And I thought, if you're gonna only fight with the Force, if the Force is your ally, I feel like you shouldn't get tossed like that. Yeah, clearly the Force wasn't that much of an ally. At that point, the Force is like, ah, I'm riding with her. And I think it's very much in play for Shin to accept that dirty recruiting offer next episode. Sabine looks at Ahsoka and says, I thought you were dead. And then Ahsoka turns, sees Ezra, hugs him, and we get a nice reunion. And then Ezra says, wait a second, you thought she was dead? What? I can only imagine for Ezra. It's been a while. We've been riding this whole time. And like every time I ask, yo, where's Ahsoka? Is she coming? Sabine continues to dodge how she got here. How we found you, all that shit. How dire the circumstances are. How they don't have a ride home. She's waited long enough. Ahsoka's here. That bandaid has to get ripped off now. By the way, did you notice Sabine's coward howler hiding inside the shell? He wanted no smoke. Yeah, I was surprised that they had that much room in there. Storage. Yeah. That howler was probably pretty cramped up, but yeah. The howlers, despite their appearance, are not fighters. No, they are not. We get Guys, I'm getting a feeling... I think I might be going home after all. And Sabine, oh my God, another kind of nervous look, kind of like, uh -huh, yeah, uh -huh. as we get one last shot of Ahsoka's Jedi Cruiser hovering end of episode. One last episode, nice. This was a big bring all the pieces together. That convergence on the caravan was... Pretty spectacular how we had all the characters on that location, focused on that location. All right. So the biggest thing that we know is that no one is going to win decisively in episode eight. Right. And presumably they're all going to make the leap back to the galaxy we know together. Right. So this is the part that I've really been confused about. Is the Star Destroyer supposed to lock, latch into the Eye of Scion? That's my guess. Maybe it can fly in the middle like the old... I don't know the relative scale of the two. Yeah, so the old hyper space Space rings, rings yeah. that the Jedi single-man starfighters used to use, you would park it basically outside the planet and detach from it. And then when you were ready to leave the planet, you would reattach to it and then... Boom, that, that sent you in. Obviously, this thing is like hundreds of times larger, but is it to scale enough to fit a Star Destroyer inside it? Maybe, maybe not. How does that hook in? Again, a Jedi Starfighter who's designed to use a hyperdrive ring. A Star Destroyer has its own hyperdrive, so what would it latch into? It's kind of like putting those rails on top of a car. Like SUVs come with it as an option. Can you get that on a Corolla or on a... 
a smart car? I don't know. I have a feeling it's going to be like a Lego set, a perfect fit. Yeah. And that would be kind of cool because they definitely don't have time to transfer anything else. No, it's clear that they plan on using this thing, using the Star Destroyer, not just using it to transfer shit over. Can Thrawn's old busted Star Destroyer even hold up in hyperspace? Or will it be like bringing an old car onto the highway? Will it be like Denzel Washington's car in carbon copy? Yeah. Broken down on the side of the highway, falling apart. The other question I have is, what does this mean for Sabine, Ezra, and Ahsoka? Did they sneak onto the Eye of Sion? Did they sneak onto the Star Destroyer? Did they leave the Jedi starship? If they do, what happens to all those tapes of Anakin Skywalker? Also, here's an idea, Ahsoka. Just going to throw this out there. You met Luke Skywalker. You know what he's trying to do. You think he might want to have tapes of his dad? Nah. Not only tapes of his dad, like, hey, this was with my dad when he wasn't a complete prick, but also, B, I'm starting a school here. Nah. Nah. It's proprietary information, I mean. Can't just be giving that away. He is saying her name, right? Yeah. You can't sell a signed book that says to Amin yeah. on eBay. No one's going to buy that. To Ahsoka. <laughs> Never change. <laughs> The only thing that I really, really, really want to know about is Balin. We talked about it. I'm very curious what this is. I'm very curious how they address his character arc and everything. I feel like there's a big shoe to drop with whatever he's after. And I'm curious to see if he and Ahsoka fight again. I'm curious to see if he's completely isolated from the main plot of Thrawn and Ahsoka and leaving Peridia. So... That's the biggest question to me by far. Episode 8 is going to be directed by Rick Famuia. Of course, we know him from directing lots of episodes of The Mandalorian. He also created the motion pictures Dope, Brown Sugar, and The Wood, three of my favorite movies. Do we get a cameo from Mando or Grogu or anybody else from the extended universe in Episode 8? No. We haven't gotten Zeb. What the hell was the point of introducing Zeb? Well, at least we acknowledge that he existed this time around. Come on, man. Do we get Zeb? I mean, no. <laughs> right? Because look, here's the reality. The New Republic can't come here. Right. So we got to leave Peridia. But if we leave Peridia, that means everybody's leaving, right? Because it's not like Ahsoka knows the way back. Correct. So they have to leave with Thrawn. Unless they can call another Pergal Uber. Yeah. They will be here. I mean, Ezra's got the app, right? Yeah, hopefully Ezra has the app. I mean, option one, hitch a ride with Thrawn. Option two, call a Purgle Uber. Option three, and I know you're probably pulling for this, World Between Worlds shortcut. Oh, uh, yep, yep, yep. Which we talked about last when it was trying to figure out how they were going to get here. Right. Now, is this how we get off? But again, that's how you get off. Why the hell wasn't Ezra getting off before? Whoa, well... I'm sure he did some of that in his time alone. You like to get off? Mm. Are you getting off right now? <laughs> but if Ezra's been there for 12 years and hasn't called the Pergaluber, it'd be interesting for him to choose now to do that. So, yeah, we got some tidying up on that. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say there is a post-credits cameo connecting it to the bigger picture, whether it's a member of the Imperial Remnant talking to Thrawn or if it's Mando getting some kind of update, I'm going to say there is going to be a bigger picture connection next week. What would make you satisfied in this finale? Oh, that's a dangerous game. 
I just want to know what's up with Balin. I want them to not fumble the Balin plotline. I want it to be something worthy of all the mystery and hype that has been doled out through his cryptic statements so far this season. That's it? That's the only thing? Like, if that happens, you're like, I don't care how Ahsoka and the rest of them get back? I think that is going to be underwhelming. Because, as we've talked about, this is more of a chapter one of the larger interconnected storyline they're trying to tell with Thrawn. They're not going to beat Thrawn. No. They're not going to die. He's got to be alive and he's got to get back. Two things we know. They might fight him or, you know, confront him or something, but he's going to end up winning episode eight like the Celtics beat the Lakers in the finale of winning time. Is he going to win or is he just going to escape? They can't whoop his ass and then he gets away. Isn't that still a win? Isn't getting back a win? For Thrawn? Yeah. Well, we know he's getting back. Yeah. That's going to happen. But it could be like the end of A New Hope. I think he lost this episode and he said he won. So Yeah, I mean, look, man. Check the tape. (laughs) He'll spin this to the press however it needs to be done, okay? We did exactly what we wanted out there. We ran our offense. What game were you guys watching? (laughs) Yeah. Review the tape. What about for you? What What do you want to see? What would meet your expectations and goals for this show answers i just need answers right what is Balin after what's in the cargo hold oh so you want them to reveal that in episode eight it doesn't have to be resolved but just tell me what it was i don't want to spend two years waiting that feels like a classic cliffhanger into the off season god i hope not that they still got the cargo and that we don't know what it is yet all right that's gonna do it for us here on rule of two next week the last episode, maybe we'll get one more episode of Rule of Two after next week. I do want to get, try to recruit some people, some people you may know and may heard of from other walks of life to come on and talk some Star Wars just to get their two cents on what they thought about this. Let's get Pablo back and have him talk about not the finale. Yeah, there you go. We'll get Pablo. We'll get, I, I don't want to, I don't want to give out names. I don't get people's helps up. Shin Hati. Yeah, there you go. Get Ray Stevenson. Force Ghost. Seance. <laughs> bye bye, man. <laughs> Until next time, remember impatience for victory guarantees defeat. Friends, a lot has changed over the years, personally and across our airwaves. But one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. You know, for me personally, I recently bought a few six-packs of Miller Lite for my housewarming party. Because that's one thing that's changed for me. I moved into a new house, and I brought some friends over, and we enjoyed the best light beer. Because Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. 
Less filling and only 96 calories. The original light beer since 1975. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com crate. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.